Today, we explore love and war. If all things are fair, can you bring grenades to the bedroom? When it comes to Mel Brooks, Mike and myself can go on for hours. So naturally, we couldn't get everything into our first episode. So please join us now for Mel Brooks Part 2. Yeah, I mean, we wanted to do the part two because we were talking last time about how we had our favorite movies, but we didn't really explain why. I feel like we need, yeah. we owe people an explanation. Yeah, we definitely should go into more detail about them. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I had mentioned that History of the World Part 1 is my favorite. Yes. And I don't know if that still holds up today. That's only because I haven't really watched them recently. Mm -hmm. We watched a silent movie last weekend, yes. and then the other day we were watching The Producers, yeah. which I still find funny, but I think I need to go back and revisit every single movie to give my updated opinion, because this was <laughs> an opinion I had maybe over 10 years ago after seeing them all. Okay, fair enough. So it's something I definitely want to revisit, It's but it's not something... I'm not going to think less of any of the movies. There's no way I could. No. Um, but why don't, why don't you start? Why don't you tell... Tell us uh, for Young Frankenstein. Yeah, why Young Frankenstein was was uh, your favorite movie? It? Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure exactly why. It just it always like connected with me. Yeah, I do remember. I think like you said with that uh, how your parents kind of your dad and the friends got you into the movies. I know that when I started getting more into the Mel Brooks films, my dad and his friends really mm -hmm. liked it, and they theirs was. Young Frankenstein, and I remember my dad and I used to always joke, and sometimes we still do. We'd always make do that joke, "What hump?" Yeah. Where how Igor's hump kept changing sides, which was also reused in Robin Hood of Venice yes, Heights with, with the, the mole. mole. Yeah, which uh, Richard Lewis has a mole that keeps moving around, and he's <laughs> and and what is it? The uh, sheriff, sheriff of Rottingham, Rottingham says to him. He says, wasn't your mole on the other side? And he says, I have a mole. Yeah. <laughs> Which is... It's great. Yeah. So, yeah, I think just certain parts of it where it has that quotability yeah. just lends itself to that being, I guess, injected into my psyche, my conscious. And there's just some... Some of the jokes are just so funny. You have the what hump and what knockers where yeah. they, they show up at the, at the castle and there's enormous door knockers. Yeah. And as he's helping... I don't even know what her name is, the assistant. Uh, in... Terry Gar is the, the actress. Yeah, I don't know either. So Igor picks up Dr. Frankenstein from the train station. Terry Gar is in the back of this, this horse cart. Yeah. Uh, so they're driving up to the, the castle. They get out of the castle. Dr. Frankenstein is helping Terry Gar's character out of it. Uh -huh. And as he's doing that, he sees Igor knocking on the door with these giant door knockers. And he goes, what knockers? And Terry Gar's character goes oh thank you doctor oh right okay yeah <laughs> that and then you have like Cloris Leachman's character coming out Frau and Bruch. Frau Brucher Frau and the horses there yeah. every single time so just I think it was just if I had to give one reason why it kind of stuck with me it's the like endless quotability of that movie that just I think got to me at first I think that's considered his greatest movie yeah I'm pretty sure that's ranked the highest and it is a lot of people's favorites <laughs> At least the people I know, I know my, my dad's favorite is mm -hmm. for sure Young Frankenstein. I mean, for me, History of the World Part 1 was my favorite. Only, you know, originally I had, it was one of the last I had seen of his. Yeah. And I remember when I was going through everything, uh, my dad would say to me, History of the World Part 1 was a weird one. It didn't do as well. It was, he said it was one that when he first saw it, he didn't get it. And then the second time he saw it, it got, it got funnier. Hmm. 
So I went into it with kind of a different perspective, I guess. And I think what I found from it was that it was it very much stood on its own as compared to the other movies, where it wasn't covering just one. It wasn't spoofing just one thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas Young Frankenstein, it's very much spoofing Frankenstein. That's yeah. that's its whole that's its whole thing, with maybe a few other little things sprinkled in there, but basically that's its whole thing. Sure. Same with Blazing Saddles with Westerns. Yeah. Um, I mean Spaceballs came later. Spaceballs actually did have a little bit more to it. It had Star Wars, but they also have a little bit of Alien yeah. in there. Uh, as well as there's like a little Wizard of Oz and also a little um, Planet of the Apes. There's that Planet of the Apes yeah, in there yeah. too. Which, Planet of the Apes, I'm a huge fan of Planet of the Apes. Uh, but History of the World Part 1 kind of jumps around. Mm-hmm. Because it's going through history where it starts out, at the very beginning actually makes fun of uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah. With, yeah. Uh, that, that the whole, dawn of man the dawn of man that <laughs> whole thing and then it kind of goes yeah to cavemen and then it goes into go to ancient Rome right and uh, well first they, we see Moses right we see Moses which is one of the classic scenes um, where Moses has 15 commandments and then he drops <laughs> he drops one and says 10 10 commandments uh, I don't want to quote that because it's too you have to watch it yourself so yeah, it goes from there, and and that scene was always cracked me up. Yeah, and then it goes to ancient Rome, mm-hmm. where you have which we talked about in the last episode, Hugh Hefner yeah. talking about the centerfold, and then there was another guy who I don't I, I I feel bad not knowing who he is because I think he was a pretty famous comedian for the time, but this just shows who we are <laughs> as as uh, millennials, I guess. Even though I hate saying that, <laughs> but there's a guy who's a fortune teller. Oh yeah, and he says yeah, he goes, I'm gonna tell you your future. And he says, you are going to Rome. And the guy says, but I am in Rome. And he's like, do I lie? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like so silly, but I thought it was hilarious at the time. And I still think it's fun. There's a lot of things in that one like entrance scene into the Rome area mm-hmm. that are just so funny. One where they, they've changed every single U into a V. Yeah. It's, yeah. And you're nuts and VTS nuts. Yes. And then the, the guy selling the pipes. Right. Plumbing. Pipe the shit right yeah. out of your house. Yeah. It's... I, I, that's what I think was good about the movie, even though maybe it didn't catch on with everyone, mm-hmm. is that they were, because of what it was, they were able to throw in all types of different kinds of jokes. Mm-hmm. And, and that really worked for me. All right. So I think as the movie, you never got bored, maybe is what I'm saying. You never got used to, and I don't think you really get bored with the other ones. I'm not saying that, but I think with that one, there was just so much to be, there was a lot that would surprise you or there was, there was a lot coming at you. And I always found that really entertaining. So, I mean, yes. right now, maybe I wouldn't have the same opinion, but I would have to go back and rewatch them. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like we need to give an update after rewatching the movies and give yeah, an update. We'll, still seeing. We'll do we, a Mel Part 3. Yeah, to see if they're favorite movies. We could do a Mel Part 18 if we wanted to. Yeah. We could just go on forever. But, um, oh, I also wanted to mention, though, that I, even though I love all that stuff, I the last part of the movie is actually my favorite when, they, when they're in the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. Because that, I think, ha- has the best, the best comedy by far in that, in that last section. Last okay. like, segment of the movie, where when it starts out, where the guys are selling things on the street, yes, and the guys selling apple cores, and then the, the last guy they go to says nothing. I have absolutely nothing for sale. <laughs> yeah. He just got. He's just there with nothing. Yeah. Again, it's just it's great, and and I think for me the reason it just had I, I felt I had never seen anything like that before. Mm-hmm. That kind of originality and that kind of wackiness. Yeah. To me was great and. That's why it, to this day, is probably, I could even say it's my favorite comedy ever, 
Okay. But I would have to put some other, you know, you have to put, like, Monty Python, the Holy Grail is up there. That's great. That's up there. Um, But I would say that History of the World Part 1, for me, might be my favorite just all-out comedy. Mm -hmm. I think one thing that was interesting about History of the World Part 1 is they break off into the second part, which was the the Spanish Inquisition. And that whole scene was just, like, a musical. I can't believe I left that out. Yeah, the Inquisition scene is great. I think the funny thing is, I think the first time I saw that, I wasn't, maybe I didn't, I don't know how to say I didn't like it, but I didn't get it as much. Maybe one, I wasn't too familiar with what the Inquisition was, and two, maybe I just found the change from just normal story kind of comedy into a musical kind of comedy was well, jarring. Well, that that is definitely weird, and that's something that doesn't happen anymore, I've noticed. Because yeah. when I saw that, and you know when I've gone back and watched Marx Brothers movies, mm-hmm. that stuff always weirds me out because there was a lot of singing, and I, I kind of just, to me, it doesn't make any sense. I'm like, why are they bringing out a song? Why is this funny? Yeah. And they kind of do that in History of the World Part 1, and I kind I think I felt the same way originally. Mm-hmm. Now I definitely feel differently. Oh, absolutely. But that's something you don't see at all, is like that musical element where people... Bring, that's just not seen as comedy anymore. Yeah. And I wonder if they brought that back, if that would be something people would enjoy or if people would huh. see that as a dated form of comedy. Yeah, I wonder. Because I, I will agree that after time has gone on, maybe just I've either matured or just got, gained more knowledge of the, of the world, that now that scene is great. That scene yeah. is so funny. Well, just, yeah, you just appreciate it more now, yeah. I think, as you get older. But at the same time, I don't really know if that's something that could be brought back. And I don't, and I can almost, and part of me does understand why that would kind of fade away. Yeah. Because it does, it does seem out of place. And it especially seems out of place if it's not done that often. Mm -hmm. It's only that one scene. And then the rest of it, it's like, okay, we're back to the rest of the movie. Yeah. But we're just going to have this musical number. And it's a great musical number. And it's very well choreographed and everything. It's very well done. But yeah, it does seem kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But again, I mean, that was just Mel Brooks taking chances, I think. Yeah. And I and I admire him for that because he didn't... It, it's What's interesting, too, is that he didn't really care what critics said. And it didn't matter. Yeah. Because you think you, you go on and on, you know, years later, people still know the movie. They mm-hmm. still quote the movie. So the, he yeah. didn't really... Wasn't worried about critics panning his movie yeah. because he knew that it was still going to do well. It was going to sell. And it was going to last for years. Maybe yeah. he didn't know that at the time, but... It worked out to his advantage. He took chances, and I think that's important. Yeah. And everybody knows it's good to be the king. It's good to be the king, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think the funniest thing is now that every time I think back of that movie, I think of that one part that when I first saw the movies, I never really noticed it, but you mentioned it to me. It's in the French scene. Uh, Count de Money and Bernays are, are on their way to, I guess, the castle or, or whatever. Yeah. And... I guess they're, they're talking about eating grapes or whatever, and Bernays gets, like, snippy with yeah. the Count of Money, and Count goes, don't get saucy with me, Bernays. And I have no, I never knew that Bernays is a type of French sauce. And that joke actually had to be explained to me, too, first, <laughs> and then I got it. But yeah, that's that joke is really funny, but if you have no idea what Bernays is, yeah. then you don't, it kind of goes over your head. But there's a lot of that stuff, and it's definitely... Um, about what you know and how mm-hmm. old you are too. Yeah. Um, there's that. And, and one I wanted to mention we were talking about before was the scene in the jail. And I wish I could remember the, the, who the woman was. She lived in the castle. She wasn't supposed to be Marie Antoinette. No. No. Uh, she, some, some, I don't remember. Her la- the father's name was something humble or something like that. Anyway, she was just a really pretty woman. Yeah. That type of thing. And, and she wanted to, her one 
thing she wanted was to have her father freed from jail. He was in jail and mm-hmm. he had gone crazy. And he has a bunch of birds that he wants to free as well. And he threw and he says he says if I'm free, the birds should be free too. And he says it in like a wacky voice. It's very funny. And he takes the birds and he starts throwing them out the window. But the birds are all dead and they've been dead for years. <laughs> so they just fall to the ground like rocks. That always cracked me up when I was a kid. And it just was, it's one of those things that doesn't, re- it's just a goofy thing to yeah. throw it But sometimes that, that works the best. Yeah, and trust me, I I watched uh, I watched the movie the other day, and I was okay. I was cracking up at that part too. Okay. It's still funny. Okay, so you're more updated than I am. See, I have to I have to go back and watch. Yeah, yeah, that's. It uh, <laughs> was still great though. That's something I gotta do. I gotta go back and watch that. I gotta watch Spaceballs. Mm-hmm. I gotta watch Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles, and Robin Hood Tights. Yeah. And Dracula, if I'm feeling like taking for, a chance. Yeah, for if we have enough drinks. Yeah. Uh, there's one scene in Young Frankenstein that always gets me, and it it's very silly. It's so short, but it just it always gets me. It's when they first arrive at the castle. Mm-hmm. Frau Blucher is taking them up to their room or whatever. And she goes up to them, she goes, stay close to the candles. The stairs can be treacherous. But if you look, the candelabra that she's holding, none of the candles are lit at okay. all. So I don't know, and it's just, it's that little thing. But for some reason, I find that so funny that she's just like, stay close to the candles so you, for your safety. But the candles aren't even lit. And they're just walking up the stairs. Well, there's definitely a lot of subtle humor in his mm-hmm. movies that I have, that, that you've actually shown me clips of on YouTube. And you showed me the one from uh, History of the World Part 1. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. So there's, and we don't have to talk about it here, but but you have, there's a lot of things you have to look out for. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of little subtle things that are going on behind the scenes that you may not catch on the first time. That's why yeah. I would recommend going back and rewatching these movies. They're not long. They're all an hour and a half. I don't think any of them go over an hour and a half. Probably not. And yeah, they're, they're all very short. And that's my type of movie. An hour and a half comedy. Anything, a comedy that is two hours long is not funny. <laughs> because it's too long. Yeah. You can't be laughing for that long. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. The, uh, going back to the quotability one that uh, me and my dad always do is the Frau Brucher is telling uh, Dr. Frankenstein goodnight. Um, and on the first night that he's there, it's like, would the doctor care for a warm brandy, milk, Ovaltine? Ovaltine. So <laughs> my dad and I are always doing the Ovaltine thing. Cause, I don't know. It's just silly and... Quotable. Yeah, but the, those are always the best jokes, just yeah. the little silly jokes there. So, I mean, I think that we both have different reasons as to why these movies were funny for us. Mm-hmm. You know, for you it was the quotability, and for me it was just the sheer surprise and silliness that yeah. happens throughout History of World Part One. But again, it's something I want to revisit so I can form a new opinion as a wise, almost 27-year-old person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so um, I don't remember if I mentioned this during the last one, but I know I mentioned that Mel had, like, the approval of, the last final approval for his movie, so if somebody said, oh, don't put that in, he's gonna put it in anyway. And this was related to Blazing Saddles, where he had, like, the whole fart jokes, and they said the N-word, and this and that, but there, apparently, there was one thing that he cut out, and Mm -hmm. that was his own, uh, on his own decision, it was a joke that they made, and they, he just, he was afraid that it would go too far. And it's the scene, I think you know what I'm talking about, it's the scene with Oh my god, Madeline Kahn's character. Why can't I think of what her name is? Yeah, and the... I don't know, Madeline Kahn's character and Cleavon, and Cleavon Little. Little. So Madeline Kahn plays this this bar kind of entertainer. Yeah. Uh, she's very frisky. German. German. Um, and Cleavon Little is, is, I guess, seducing her. 
Yeah. And so they had a few schnitzel grooving or whatever. Yeah, that <laughs> that always cracked me up too. She was like, would you like another schnitzel, schnitzel grooving? he's like, 10 is my limit on schnitzel grooving. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they turn the lights off and they're about to get frisky or whatever. And so they're making out and whatever. And she goes, is it true? Is it true what they say about you? Kind of people alluding to because he's black and like that whole stereotype. Dick size. Yes. <laughs> So she goes, is it true? And then you, she goes, oh, it's true, it's true, it's true. And then the scene ends, yeah. whatever. Apparently, originally, that was supposed to go on, keep going on. It's yeah. true, it's true, it's true. And she's making out, making these noises. And Cleavon Little's character is supposed to go, sorry to disappoint you, baby, but you are sucking on my arm. Yeah. And like he was just afraid that that was going to go too far. <laughs> so I, he ended up cutting that out. I wonder why he thought that. I think maybe because in, in the... In the way it's presented, is mm-hmm. that they're allude. You can kind of read between the lines. Yeah. And when if he puts the arm thing in there, which I think is really funny. Yeah. But if you put that in there, it kind of makes it more clear, maybe. Probably, I think I mean, he was probably able to get away more with innuendo as opposed to more direct. Kind yeah, of. Yeah, I think that's probably what it was. Which kind of seems silly, but you know, again, I mean, it's really funny, but it's not really a big deal that they cut that out. I right. think it's funny the way it is. Oh, it's so it's great. Presented. Yeah, I mean that would have been really good too, and, and today would not that would not have been a big deal at all. Right, that could have gone in anything. But, today would be easy. But I think com- yeah, comedy was just different then mm-hmm. too, because I think comedies. I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong about this, but comedies today definitely aren't taken as seriously. I know that sounds kind of dumb, but it, I think mm-hmm. it's kind of true in a lot of ways. The other thing I was thinking about that that wasn't covered was his relationship with two comedic legends. Seed Caesar and Carl Reiner. Yeah. Um, one of the I've heard a few stories about him working with uh, Sid Caesar when he I think it was when he was doing the show of shows. Yeah. There's a story where they're up in Sid's hotel room and Sid's smoking cigars and the, the room's getting smoky and hot and they're just they've been slaving away for hours trying to come up with uh, skits for the show. Yeah. And Mel apparently goes air I I need air I need air so and he keeps complaining to Sid about it. I need air. So Sid goes over, you need air? He goes over to the the window, yanks the window open, grabs Mel and hangs him out the window oh, over yeah. like the city. Cabs are dropping below and he's going, air! There! Oh, Take in God. the air! You got enough air? I mean, it's funny and frightening at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, they said like Sid was a very powerful, strong man. Yeah, he was intense. Yeah, that's I've heard. That's what I've heard mostly about him. So he was a very intense dude. Yeah. The other story I heard was related to um, a cab driver. They got into a confrontation with a cab driver once, and back in the day, the cab drivers had those little side windows that you can like use out to smoke mm-hmm. your cigarettes or whatever. I don't know. It's about the size of a bread loaf, kind of there's, piece of there, bread. There's a loaf of bread in there's here. A that's loaf why. Of bread. That's, that's why. why <laughs> that's why you came. That. It's the size of a piece of bread, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. So he's getting involved with the, the cab driver, and he says to the cab driver, do you remember your birth? Do you remember anything about your birth? And the guy's like, no. He's like, don't worry. We're going to reenact it right now. And he grabs the guy through that window and starts pulling him out. What? <laughs> that's so weird. That's scary, though. I mean, that's a something you really can't do. I, 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 no, just, I, I don't know. I don't know how he was able to get away with it back then. Okay. <laughs> But, I mean, it made for a good story. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, yeah, and we wanted to mention Carl Reiner, too. Oh, yeah, Carl Reiner. And I and think what we could mention both back in the day and now. I mean, back in the day, they had the whole 2,000-year-old man, mm-hmm. um, which started out as, like, a party kind of 
thing and then eventually turned into they they recorded it on an album was it the 2013 year old or was that they may have done something in 2013 about because he had his bar mitzvah 2013 oh really yeah yeah <laughs> that's great yeah all i know is like yeah so the 2000 year old man where i guess it started when carl went into mel's office and he's like so i heard you were back in the that you were around back in the day of the crucifixion and mel started off with just oh boy yeah. and then he continued on like oh yeah i knew i knew jesus yeah, you always hung around with those 12 boys. They'd always come in the shop, never buy anything. It <laughs> <laughs> was just like silly jokes. And Carl Reiner was a great, like, straight man. Yeah, he was that. very good. And there's like one joke that they, I think they told, and I don't remember it exactly, but it's something on the lines of like, so in, in your time, you must have had many wives. Oh, I've had hundreds of wives. Oh, well, which one was your favorite? Uh, the 35th one. What made her your favorite? Her sister. <laughs> <laughs> so like silly jokes like that. Yeah. And now they have dinner together every single night. Yeah, they... Little old men. Every night. they. I know they watch like, oh, they like watch movies all the yeah. time. I mean, that's, you know... That's like a great way to spend your old age. Right? Every single night, I think Mel goes over to Carl's house. Yeah. They they watch Breaking Bad and stuff like that. Really? Yeah, I think that's so one cool. thing they were talking about, like Breaking Bad, they're like, How great is the show? It's so good. I love that they try that they stay current. And yeah. That they they also just seem like nice people. Totally. When I see them on talk shows, they're very uh they're just very nice to everyone and they're appreciative and they they praise people is what mm-hmm. I'm what I'm getting at. So and I, I think that's really nice. Because you see a lot of people kind of fade away or they think they're too good. Yeah. And I'm like a big Woody Allen fan, but he kind of stays away from everybody. And, hmm. and I kind of like that they're more, those two guys are just more full of life. And, and yeah. it's nice to see them, especially in their older age. I think you, you know more than I do, but what was the whole thing with uh, Mel and Gerard Car- Carmichael? Oh, well, that was just on James Corden's late night show. There was, there was uh, it was just cool for me to see Mel with like, old Mel, who's almost 90 years old with a mm-hmm. young with a young comic, uh, Gerard Carmichael, who I think is 28. So it was just cool to see those two together. And they were just riffing. And and basically, Mel was just acting silly. And he was going behind... The, the chair there and mm-hmm. said oh there's a cat and he would just kept making the cat noise yeah yeah and he, was, that. he was just yeah they were just goofing off and having a good time it's just fun for me it was just fun to see the two of them goofing around and mm-hmm. just having fun and it's you know it's nice yeah. to see as a viewer i don't know why i just thought of this now but it made me think of one of the more quotable or just scenes that stuck out in my mind when i was younger and it was in Spaceballs when colonel sanders walks in on Darth Helmet and he's playing with the toys mm-hmm. and he's like, you got a nap before you come in. Did you see anything? No, sir. I didn't see you playing with your dolls. Yeah. It's like, okay, good. And then they leave. I don't know. That just popped in my head right now, but now, that he... was always one of those scenes that just stuck with me. Now, I don't think he's Darth Helmet. I think he's just Dark Helmet. Dark Helmet? I'm pretty okay. sure. I'm pretty sure, you know, I should look that up. But I'm pretty sure it was just Dark Helmet. Okay. Because so it's a Dark Helmet. Like, yeah. they just were very... And it looks so... It looks so ridiculous. That... And then, oh, the scene where they go to Ludicrous Speed. Oh, yeah. It's so great. They're like, Ludicrous Speed? No, you can't go to Ludicrous Speed. What's the matter, Colonel Sanders? Chicken? I mean, that's still... Yeah, yeah Dark Helmet. Okay. Dark Helmet. Well, my um, bad. But, uh, yeah, well, that that's one of my favorite scenes. Oh, it's so great. No, light speed's too slow. <laughs> light speed, ridiculous speed, ludicrous, ludicrous speed, speed, go. Oh, so good. That, and uh, Michael Winslow's character yeah. making all the, the beeping noises. Mm-hmm. I mean, all these movies have just these great scenes that you can just point at. Like, oh, remember that scene? Remember this scene? Is it? 
and everyone just laughing. It's great. Yeah. It's so great. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we can go on and on, and I'm sure we'll come up with more things too. Yeah. I mean, we want to do this part too because we just had right after we finished the last podcast, more things just popped into our minds. Definitely. So I, I can see us eventually doing a part three, especially after wa- rewatching some of these yeah, movies. Yeah, we'll go off and watch some new ones. So not new ones. We'll rewatch them and yeah. we'll give our thoughts. Maybe there'll be a new one. Maybe there'll be a Spaceballs too, but. Jeremy yep. thinks no. <laughs> At least not directed by Mel Brooks. Right. We'll see what happens. Right. But is there anything else you wanted to no, add for right I now? I think that was it for our part two. All right. Very cool. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in. See you.